Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the Book of Numbers The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Taking some of the Spirit that was on Moses, the Lord bestowed it on the seventy elders. And as the Spirit came to rest on them, they prophesied. Now two men, one named Ildad and the other Medad, were not in the gathering, but had been left in the camp. They too had been on the list, but had not gone out to the tent. Yet the Spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in the camp. So when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been Moses' aide, said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses answered him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. From wanton sin especially, restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of serious sin. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. A reading from the letter of St. James. Come now, you rich, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away. Your clothes have become moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded. And that corrosion will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. You have stored up treasure for the last days. Behold, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields are crying aloud, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lied on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the days of slaughter. You have condemned You have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, Do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. 
Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into Gehenna, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, for our 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, we are talking about, uh, well, a sin that we all struggle with. We're talking about control today, Carla. Mm, okay. <laughs> so so let's, let's dive into <laughs> dealing with control. We love, we love to have control over things. <laughs> I'm a little familiar with that. Okay. Before we get too far into the reading, I want to kind of give a little bit of a background. Uh, so this all happens just after Moses was confronted by the Israelites and they were complaining that they had no meat that all they had to eat was manna. And so Jesus, uh, Moses took that complaint to God, and God promised them. He promised Moses, all right, go tell the people that they're going to have meat. And there's this, actually this one section, so I went, went back through it and read it, and basically, you're going to have so much meat, you're going to get sick of eating it every day for a month. <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like. So anyway, Moses told um, the people the good news, and then he gathered 70 of the elders um, around the dwelling tent. And that's where um, God would, Moses would go and God would speak to him. And this is where our reading picks up today. We hear that the spirit came to rest on them and they prophesied, but Eldad and Medad weren't with the group. And still God sent that same spirit to them and they also began to prophesy. But this doesn't mean the kind of prophesying that we're used to, you know, from the great prophets, you know, it's this is instead they were kind of caught up in a a kind of holy ecstasy and they were proclaiming the wonders and greatness of God. But from Joshua's viewpoint, they hadn't gone through Eldad and Medad who were off in the camp. They had not gone through the proper channels. So when this incident was reported to Moses, Joshua thought, Moses needs to stop it, you know, because they hadn't gone through the right channels. But Didn't Moses, get the Moses stamp of approval <laughs> right. here. Yeah. Hey, you guys, right. you can't just do this. <laughs> but Moses corrected him in telling him that God was free to bestow his spirit on whomever he pleased. And, you know, there's this kind of twisted, self-righteous jealousy that makes people act like this. And it's so prevalent that many books and movies have characters that act in that way. You know, think about the story of Cinderella, right? Her stepsisters decided that she wasn't good enough to go to the ball to meet the prince. But look how that turned yes, out. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. And, and you really bring up kind of that self-righteousness. We don't really like to think of ourselves as self-righteous. I think all of us, however, deal with some amount of that in our lives. and To and, one degree or another. Yes, yeah. exactly, right? <laughs> and because, it, you know, we, in the end, kind of, we want control, right? We want to be uh, recognized for something that's only us. We want to have, um, be recognized for maybe some special gift that we have. Um, and oftentimes we want it to be recognized for our own benefit, but that's exactly what is opposite of what we're really being taught here today. We're told that we need to share the gift for the good of others. You can see, and it's a beautiful, I would say, prefigurement 
of the ordained ministry, how the, the Lord brought down and the spirit was put on all of the elders, right? It was to be able to share this gift. And and that is not what, you know, our concupiscence or our sinful thing is, is really kind of wanting to do. But that's our call is to take whatever gift we've been given and use it for the good of others. Right. And and when we do things like that, we put constraints and we limit God's grace. You know, we decide in advance what the outcome of certain situations going to be rather than just surrendering it to God. Right. And now I want to go on to the responsorial psalm. We don't always do this, but this just really speaks to me. You know, we hear the precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. You know, so in other words, the law of God brings me joy. You know, who's going to say something like that? Only someone who really loves God is going to be able to say, I love his law. Right, right, exactly. And, And it says here also, the Lord, the decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. So I want to make sure that people understand when we talk about giving wisdom to the simple, that does not mean the unlearned, right? What the simple means in this case is undivided, much like God is simple. God cannot be divided into parts. What he's looking for is our undivided love to him. And that's what makes us simple. And if we're simple, then we can be formed. And and like you're saying, accept the precepts of the law with, with joy, Yes. And what you said about simple, simple, that's what truth is. Truth is simple. Mm. You know, truth is always simple. Yes. Very good point. Well, we're going to see, unfortunately, um, taking control to a sinful level in the letter of St. James today, aren't we? Yes, we do. More about the wickedness. And we hear about what happens when we misuse or abuse the gifts of God that God has given us. Specifically, this one goes into abuse of wealth through greed and selfishness. Yeah, and this is really taking control to a sinful level, isn't it? It's it's, And, and I want to also preface this by saying that, you know, a rich person can be generous as well as a poor person can be selfish. So I think that this talks more beyond just, say, I'll say money in general. It's more the disposition of the heart because look what it says here. Your gold and silver have corroded. Well, pure refined gold doesn't corrode. Pure gold doesn't corrode. What has to happen is there has to be impurities in it. And that's where the corrosion starts. So it's this, again, when you think about this, if you think about your treasure, your heart, where, you know, where that is, if you have impurities, that is what causes the corrosion. Well, or, or even more, what they treasure is ah, not pure. Yes. So it's actually more of a question is, are you treasuring truth or are you treasuring sin? Yes. That's really what, where, you know, if, if we're talking about the gold that corrodes, well, that tells us then what they are treasuring mm. is not the pureness, but something that's sin. Because sin is a perversion of the good. God created everything and everything that God created is good. Sin is perversion. It's a twist, you know, it's it's a it's a ruining of, of what was good. So, and that's what, we're told that the wicked are treasuring is it is a perversion of the good. Yes, and watch how that perversion of the good affects other people because then that's what we're talking about here is you've stored up treasures, but you've withheld wages from the workers, right? That's the unjust treatment of other people or of the worker. And that's where we tie that or we see that manifestation of the perversion is through our actions that affect other people. Indeed, and that's yeah. where, in fact, we need to remember that that's where that that opposite of control, to be able to give your gifts to others. And that's what's important because, you know, the selfish will face a harsh judgment. 
right? We, we, we will see the selfish will face that. So we are stewards of God's gifts, of his riches. We're not its owners. Well, let's finish up in the gospel today. Uh, While we're still dealing with controlling the gospel, huh? John says, teacher, we saw someone driving out demons and we tried to prevent him because he doesn't follow us. He doesn't have that stamp of approval that we were talking about. He's not one of us. Wait a second. Members only, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, John wants Jesus to stop this other person from driving out demons because he's not one of them. And Jesus explained that anyone who wasn't against them was for them. And they didn't have to be concerned about the good works that are people that people are doing in his name, but rather, and this is where he redirects, that they have to be concerned about the sin in the world. Exactly. And look at the hyperbole or overstatement that he talks about cutting things off and you don't want to go into Gehenna, right? So there's there's two things here I want to kind of place in here because this was a very vivid image for the apostles. First off, Gehenna is the hell of the damned, which of course brings up the reality of hell. But the other thing is Gehenna at Jesus's time was also a burning garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. So here was this burning, smelly, putrid, burning dump that was there. And you could think about how how repulsive that was. That was the type, that was the visual image that Christ also gave as part of this example. Yep. So he used the exaggerated ways to you know, let the disciples know that, you know, that stopping sinning, you know, whether it's cutting off a foot or plucking an eye, that, that's, he didn't really mean it um, literally, but he's just finding ways to weed out, sort out our own areas of weakness and do whatever's necessary to overcome them. And that goes for us today. You know, it's one thing to learn to recognize our sin. And in a world that has become so numb to the notion of sin, that alone is hard for a lot of people to do. But it's also important to know, you know, there's three roots of sin. All sin is rooted in one or all of these, and and they are pride, vanity, and sensuality. So learning to recognize our sin is one thing, but then when we learn what is at the root of that sin, we can then take action to interrupt the growth. And that's like using a kind of spiritual roundup. And there's more information on that at spiritualdirection.com. It's a great website. So in closing, after that reflection, what are the things in our lives that we need to sever? Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. <laughs>